Hello and welcome to the formal review. Today, we will be looking at the 2018 film, The Favorite. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the review. Hello everybody and welcome back to the formal review. This is episode 26. Before I get started, I do want to warn those who haven't seen the film, there will be some spoilers. I do try to keep the review fairly vague, so not to ruin the movie for you, but I, but if you've seen the film or you don't really care about that type of thing, please keep listening. So The Favorite is a period comedy drama film directed by Yorgos Lanthimos and written by Deborah Davis and Tony McNamara. It stars Olivia Colman, Emma Stone, Rachel Weisz, Nicholas Holt, Joe Alwyn, James Smith, and Matt Gaddis. It is set in early 18th century England and it looks at the relationship between two cousins, Abigail Masham, played by Stone, and Sarah Churchill, played by Vice, trying to become the favorites of Queen Anne, played by Coleman. I was anticipating this film to be a very well written film, very well directed film, mainly because I really enjoy Lanthimos' work. For those who aren't familiar with him, he's mostly known for The Lobster which came out in 2015, and The Killing of a Sacred Deer in 2017. Now, I've only seen The Killing of a Sacred Deer, but I really enjoyed that film in that it was one of my favorite films of 2017. Knowing that he was directing another film had me excited for it. The one difference between this film and the other films that he has done, this was the first film that he hadn't written himself. He combines this awkward and yet somewhat serious type of film, and, and the story ends up being a lot more weird and unique than a lot of other films are than you anticipate going in. Most of the time when you go see a film like this, you're anticipating it to be just this drama between these characters. But the way, honestly, this film ends is so unique. I can't even begin to describe it without really going into spoilers. One of the main things that he brings to it is obviously a very unique filming style because he focuses on these characters that in a way that really keeps the audience invested for pretty much the entire film. Whether or not you like it, you're going to feel fairly invested in these characters and trying to figure out who they are. These characters I think are very interesting to look at because these characters are essentially based on real people. The names and everything that was happening around them is real. Whether or not these actions take place, that's a whole nother story. However, the way he's telling this fictional tale about real characters, allows this realistic aspect to help with the film overall. And I think that the writing of this film, even though it wasn't Lanthimos, I do think that he had a lot of influence with it because the dialogue is fantastic. There's a lot of back and forth between these characters and how honestly sometimes petty they can be, but there's a lot of zingers towards each other and increases the drama and tension between these characters. In this film, Queen Anne is at war with France, but her health is kind of failing and she doesn't really feel the need to govern. And she would rather race ducks or play with her rabbits. And in the story, what ends up happening is that the rabbit represents something that she's lost over the years. But what keeps her going as queen is her advisor and confidant and honestly lover, Sarah Churchill. And essentially, she's the one who's ruling the country. Think of her as the Dick Cheney to George W. Bush. Now, her cousin comes to work for them because she has fallen so far from grace and she's trying to get back up to being a noble type of person. What she does is she really tries to get back to where she once was and, and becoming a noble woman and she's legitimately willing to do anything. Whether that helps her in the end is really up to the viewer. She ends up trying to replace Sarah's position as the queen's confidant 
important, and this obviously leads to a lot of drama between the two characters, and plus the queen herself. These characters are played brilliantly by every single one of them. Coleman as the queen does a brilliant draw. Uh, Vice is beyond amazing, and honestly, I think she's the star of this story. Now, Emma Stone. Honestly, I was worried about hearing her with a British. I may not be the expert on British linguistics. However, I do think she did a fantastic job with the accent. Honestly, I thought she did a fantastic acting job. And I honestly think this is one of her best roles. Definitely up there with her acting ability in Birdman. Definitely better than La La Land. And all the rest of the supporting cast, I think they do decent jobs in their respective roles. One of my biggest issues with this film is that it had this weird filming style, the cinematography. I think for the most part, it worked. But then there was moments in the film when they would go into this weird fisheye. For me, that really took me out of the film because when I think fisheye, I think of these extreme sports filming something on their GoPro. So when the fisheye lens was put on this type of film, I felt really taken aback by it because the rest of the film wasn't filmed like that. Now, I do think that there are some issues with the, the film being a little confusing. However, after thinking about it for a while, it does get into it. Now, so for those who don't want to listen, please skip ahead. I'm going to talk about a spoiler. I'm going to talk about my interpretation of the film because this part I do think is very important to understanding what's going on. Now, if you want to continue listening, go ahead. If you want to skip the spoilers, fast forward to about the 814 mark. I start going into my rating around that. The question at the end of this film is who is the winner? I really think that Sarah is the winner of this this battle between them. Now this film starts off in a way of showing you Sarah is the villain. They show Sarah being this kind of manipulative person with Queen Anne is because she's trying to rule the country in her way. The main question is that who is the free person here? Because at the beginning of the film you essentially have three people who are relatively speaking free. Queen Anne is doing what she wants to do Sarah is doing what she wants to do and kind of ruin the country in her way. And Abigail is free, but not in the nobility stance of where she wants to be. Throughout the film, they obviously go back and forth between each other and Abigail fights her way up to the top and she becomes the queen's confidant. However, Sarah is fired, essentially. Queen Anne loses her confidant and Abigail is essentially a servant. So the question is here, who wins? And I think Sarah wins. She goes out and essentially is free to do whatever she wants to do. Whereas Anne, she's not free because she now has to rule the country on her own because Abigail has no experience when it comes to ruling the country. She has lost somebody who she loves and really is miserable. And Abigail, while she may have gained that nobility that she was fighting for, She's essentially a servant. The final scene, I think, is very obvious with that. In real life, Sarah, who becomes the Duchess of Marlborough, was friends with then Princess Anne. Sarah's cousin did work her way to become the woman of the bedchamber for Queen Anne and essentially and ultimately did become the monarch's favorite. And what's interesting even about how history is played out is, is Sarah's family lineage goes down to Winston Churchill and Princess Diana whereas Abigail's family has been mostly forgotten. Did Abigail really win this whole scenario? Was she the hero that the audience is meant to think? My opinion, no. History has shown that Sarah actually wins. And I think that that is shown within the film, especially in the final scene. 
one could make the argument that with her getting fired from this job, she's no longer free and she's no longer doing what she wants to do. But I think she actually is. She may not be able to run the country that she wants to, but she doesn't have to try to make somebody love her or make somebody like her. She is now her own person. When you see the faces transpose onto the rabbit's head, I think that definitely shows how much Queen Anne and Abigail have fallen to become as significant as the rabbits. Overall, I really love this movie. I think it's very unique and a cool twist on history. And the only real flaw that I had was that camera work, which honestly, had that not been in this film, it would have been perfect for me. At the end of the day, I do rate this film a 4.5 out of 5 bow tie. Now, let me know what you thought of the film. And are you a fan of Anthemos' work? He is very odd, I'll admit, but he does some phenomenal work when it comes to filmmaking. And I hope the listeners will go out and check a little bit more of his work. And I want to thank you all for turning in. Once again, I do appreciate you all listening every single episode. I see the amount of numbers I get and I really do appreciate everyone for tuning in. I love talking about movies and because you guys are listening, I'm able to continue putting these reviews out. And I especially want to thank those who have supported me in the past already. Your financial support has allowed me to continue this. If you all haven't started supporting it, go to anchor.com forward slash the dash formal dash review. Click on support this podcast. I will appreciate it. You can also subscribe to any of your favorite podcast outlets. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Twitch, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find us. And please subscribe again uh, so you never miss miss an episode. Please also leave a review on the respective sites that you listen to. I'm always looking to improve and grow, so I look into that a lot. And if you want to talk about movies, hit me up on social media. My URL is all the same. It's at the former review on Facebook. Instagram, Twitter. You can also check out Box Office Buzz. I do a lot of written reviews on there. I also do retrospective reviews of older films. Now, as with all reviews, I do have music in the background because I like to bring attention to that because it's definitely a significant part about it. Now, this composed originally by Antonio Vivaldi. Until next time. Thanks for tuning into this episode of The Formal Review. We hope you'll join us again.